You're listening to The Jay Barker Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. And W265CG Tuscaloosa, Tide 100.9, and screaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Our journey begins, and Alabama will put it in play. He and Arenas are going to have one of the great duels returning punch here tonight if they get a chance. A pass, a fake, intercepted. Gideon pulls it down. Nick Saban goes way against his coaching philosophy. Comes up with a Belichick move on the first drive of the game. Colt McCoy suffered a shoulder injury on that hit. And 18-yard field goal puts Texas ahead after the turnover. A short kickoff. That's a live ball. Texas goes for it. They may have it. That's live. It has Longhorn football. Another Alabama mistake. Hit a 46-yarder against Nebraska to win it. Now the 42-yarder. And Texas builds a six-point advantage. Running Ingram. Power run. Got the first down. First man can't bring him down. Yards after contact continue to add up for the Heisman Trophy winner. Mark was very emotional. Talked about his father as he dashes into the touchdown and gets one for dad. And off Richardson bolts up the middle for the end zone. This could be a touchdown. Put it on the board for Bama. Third and five. Gilbert under pressure and intercepted. Picked off by Arenas. Arenas kills the drive with the Alabama interception. Third and seven. Bootleg McElroy. He can run. Slide dives a little bit short of the first down, and now it is Saban who will have a decision to make. Saban says we'll take the points. Can't argue with that. 17 to 6, 23 on the board here in the first half. Here's Gilbert, that inside shuttle pass. Incomplete uh, in a fumble. Picked up by Darius. Darius in the air. Darius going for the end zone. That could be a touchdown if he's got it in the air. That's an interception and a touchdown. And the way they're celebrating, you think in all the world that Marcel Darius, who knocked Colt McCoy out of the game, if he caught it in the air without a hitting ground, interception, touchdown, Alabama. There's always an interception and touchdown. Not take anything away from this Bama group. This is a sensational defense. Gilbert going deep down the middle, got a man, got a Touchdown, Texas! 44 yards. Gilbert to Shipley, who shook Arenas. Is that play at the end of the first half right now, when you look at this score, that was intercepted on the shovel pass and taken in for an Alabama touchdown? That play will haunt. Now they get the onside kick, and they dive for it. Texas! Great field position for Gilbert, and now he's got a little bit of confidence, and more importantly, the players around him have confidence, too. Gilbert got a man open! Touchdown, Texas! Shipley, second of the night. A freshman growing up before your eyes. 28 more yards. Gilbert fumble. Ball's loose. Bama's got it at the three-yard line. The defense 
for the Crimson Tide. Call the blitz. Eric Anders comes off the left left edge of the offense. And just when I said they haven't given up a sack, Alabama dials up the blitz and Anders makes it home. His sixth sack of the year. Upshaw recovers it. Cody leads Ingram. Ingram battles second effort. Touchdown. His second of the night. Great quarterbacks. Now, now think about what happened. Sam Bradford injured against BYU. Knocked out by Texas down there. If you watch this play unfold with Gilbert. And it's intercepted at the 30-yard line. They get down. The clock will continue to run. That championship trophy is headed back to Tufts. Comes Richardson. Barges into the end zone. His second of the night. I mean, they got in with emphasis. That was absolutely good. That was all those rules. That was with emphasis. Was there contact there? I mean, that wasn't just Gatorade. That was some plastic. We're, we're coming at it. I mean, this is yeah. getting a little physical here, boys. We've had enough of his rules. We rule right now. That's taking Gatorade shower to a different level there. He turned that's, right into that baby. That's one of the all-time best. That's for faking the punter. That'll do it. Clemson Tide wins the national championship. The Bear would be proud. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. Hi, welcome in. It is the Friday edition. This is a day away from Alabama and Texas coming up tomorrow at 11 a.m. And they got the early matchup and uh, a lot of other games that we'll talk about throughout the SEC and also throughout college football. But uh, a big one tomorrow for the Crimson Tide Million Dollar Band again. Will not make the trip. I hate it for them. All the hard work they put into it throughout the offseason and uh, leading up to the season and not have a chance to go out to Austin and experience that. But uh, we're going to break it down for you today. And we got uh, a number of guests be doing that with us. Lars Anderson, Matt Coulter, and uh, Tony Curry with Tony Curry Radio Network, as well as Clint Lamb from Bama Insider. And uh, on 3 Media will join us at one fifteen today. Always great to have him on. Get his take on this Alabama Crimson Tide football team. Top Golf of Birmingham is our presenting sponsor. We're presenting by Top Golf of Birmingham. Get out today. You'll love it. The bowling of just this generation, we call it, with friends, family, coworkers, a great spot, whether the drinks, the food, and the fun. You'll love Top Golf of Birmingham. Also driven by Sunny King Ford on the sunny side of the street. Go by and see Tony Russell and all the great folks there at Sunny King Ford. Also, want to wish, because it's tomorrow and we'll have a chance to do it on air, but wish. My twins, uh, Harrison and Sarah Ashley, happy 21st coming up tomorrow on the 10th of September. Cannot believe they're going to be 21 years old. Andrew just turned 24. Braxton will turn 23 coming up uh, in December. So they're getting old, guys. That's amazing. 21. Oh, they can finally drink. Exactly. Uh, (laughs) Jay, I'm not pushing anything. You're going to be a granddaddy for long. You know that. It's going to be very, uh, very good. No, don't say that now. Not too. No. See, I've no. got. Oh, yeah. I'm you're probably right. You're, you're probably right. Because I've got um, an, 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 another about to be, or I'm just turned 23, uh, another 19 and one 17. So, yeah. So, out of all seven, I, I probably my my uh, percentages are not very good of not being one pretty soon. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to be a grand, grandpa. That kind of bums me out. 
Let me tell you uh, something. It is worth getting old for. Oh, I, I know because I mean, it's great it's, hey. because it's like borrowing someone's tools. You can go see them whenever you want, but you can leave also whenever you want. That's why grandparents and you can keep them I, I, overnight I, if you I, want. I swear, you ask most grandparents, and they will say having grandkids is better than having kids of your own. Well, there's a bumper sticker that you says, "If I'd known grandchildren were this great, I'd have had them first. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, guys, let's clear the table. Yeah. Come on, it's, it is time to absolutely pile on top of Lars Anderson. Okay. Loving, loving the Rams. Whoa! And also, how about your man, Ryan Leaf? You read his quotes about Alabama, Texas? I've been talking to Ryan. He, he, he's Went got the inside, inside dish. Yeah, he's got the inside dish on Alabama. Right. Uh, but yeah, you were feeling um, pretty good last night, 10, 10 and a half, right? Uh, yes, but I also uh, I I protected myself and I took the under. And it yep. was fifty two, so mm-hmm. I hit that. So okay. it was a wash. Okay, good. You didn't tell us that yesterday. Yeah, You're hedging now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a lot of trust in that first bet. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, was that a Lars loser? By the way, th- th- that segment was so bad we scrapped it. <laughs> wow, after two weeks, <laughs> not even after no, two after days. one. It's like fired <laughs> actually like fired after. It. After about 15 minutes, we came back from a break, and he said, man, that was awful. I said, we're going we're gonna well, to jump I, and, I, and I could have told you all day long, and you, and you talked to me yesterday. I could have told you that the Buffalo was going to win the game last night. Why is Because that? everybody and their mother said, wait a minute, Super Bowl champions at home getting rings? Why are they catching three? Vegas was that I just don't stinky, understand fish. why didn't the Rams play that bad in the Super Bowl? <laughs> exactly. I mean, Stafford couldn't hit the side of a barn. Donald yeah. looked. Aaron Donald looked completely disinterested. I'm telling you what, right now they better hope Cup. Jalen Ramsey couldn't cover anybody. They better hope that uh, that Cup stays healthy this year because if they don't have him, they ain't got nothing going on. He's no. he's phenomenal player. Man, those rings look and amazing. Th- those rings are like twice the size of any Alabama ring. I think. By the way, uh, yeah. when uh, Ramsey got up there, maybe not asked, now. Uh, you know, everyone not their <laughs> schools. You know, he said RTP. You know what RTP stands for? No. Roll Tide. He's been doing it now for a couple seasons. What's it stand stands for? stands for Ramsey Top Performance, which, of course, is a uh, business that his father and his brother are involved in where he does all of his training. So whenever he gets up and people say, I'm from Ohio State or Alabama, he goes, RTP. So now you know. Because huh. you'll hear it a lot this year. He's doing advertising during a football game. That's crazy. Did y'all see the Alabama game? And mm-hmm. underneath, underneath oh. there, they actually have a piece of the turf that's actually from the game they played in against Cincinnati, and that's what's inside the ring. Mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty, uh, pretty unique. They stole that from uh, from Tampa. Their rings, uh, and, and and Bruce has let me wear his a few times, and it's it's again gigantic. But you take it off, and then it's a replica of the Bucks home stadium. Raymond, mm-hmm. I guess, is, it, is it still called yeah. Raymond James? Mm-hmm. But there is not a feel a piece of the actual field. But interesting, the last two years, Super Bowl champ has played in their home stadium. How about that? And it never happened before. That's why you keep your gummies. And that's where they play the national <laughs> championship this year, right, Sophie? So, Sophie, Sophie, yes, <laughs> it's Sophie Stadium. <laughs> I like Sophie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh. Uh, <laughs> uh. Hey, how, how about uh, – do y'all eat at Jack's? No. no. Every once in a while. Jay? <laughs> Me too. They spend money here? Uh, I mean, I'll no, start, I'll start but eating they there. got a major endorsement, <laughs> a major mention from Nick Saban. You really? see that? Uh-uh. Oh, yeah. Uh, Saban said his players would rather eat at Jack's than in their $16 million wow. nutrition center. Boom! 
<laughs> he said that last night but on his radio I, show. He's making some money in that, right? I mean, there, there, there's got to be a deal there. Well, you would think they'd say bomb hours. Is he sitting there? A big cheeseburger? No doubt. At Victory, Victory Grill. Yeah, I mentioned they're eating there. <laughs> you got to be careful when you throw throwing <laughs> sponsors How many out. Little Debbies is the band sold? That's true. Well, By and, the way, for a guy that eats Little Debbies every morning, I, I don't think I'm pointing at people that eat at Jack's. Uh-uh. That's true. The topic of him coaching at Texas also came up again. And, um, again, he reiterated that he never talked with anyone and and that, um, you know, he thought it was disrespectful to Mac Brown. But this is he, – he's being he's, – he's, he's finessing the language here because uh, – and he's denied that there was ever interest between himself and Texas. But the thing is, Jimmy Sexton, it's been confirmed – Jimmy Sexton spoke, who's, who's Nick's agent, spoke with Texas Regent and billionaire Tom Hicks um, in January 2013 because the Associated Press obtained these emails and Sexton confirmed in the emails that UT is the only job Nick would possibly consider leaving Alabama for and that his success there, quote, created special pressure for him. Yeah, that's what great agents and, do. And, yeah, so... They, 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 they make connections, and, and they go, oh, by the way, Nick, uh, I've made a couple phone calls here. Uh, would you be interested in doing something like that? They start making moves before they actually tell you what they're doing. And then uh, Mac Brown was officially forced out on December 15th, and then, Al, then Nick Saban gets a new deal. Thank you, Jimmy Sexton, for putting the Texas rumor out there. It's a new deal after the 2013 regular mm-hmm. season. So Jimmy Sexton was just doing his job. But I don't think there was any like uh, overwhelming interest, but he was putting out a feeler. Yeah. Th- clearly through Sexton. And uh, it appears that Dabo just got himself a new deal, too, huh? Yes. Yep. Ten years, 11. Uh, you know, I was thinking about this last night when I saw that scrolling at the bottom of, of the TV screen. Uh, you have uh, coaches that have won uh, one national championship, two national championships. Uh, Coach Saban's won seven national championships. It's bothering me a little bit. Tell me if I'm crazy. It's bothering me a little bit that he's making relatively the same jack as Kirby Smart and Dabo Sweeney right now. This this bothers me. And, and it's a perceptual thing. We said on the show, what do you think Nick Saban's worth? You give him $50 million a year, and he'd be worth it. I'm, I'm, but I'm saying from a business standpoint, what should he be getting paid based on what he's done and how much he's got left in the tank? And I'd say $20 million a year. I, I, I don't think – I think if he went in there and demanded $20 million, they would figure it out, obviously. But for him to be getting the same pay – as Kirby Smart and Dabo Sweeney, I think, is a travesty. I mean that. And, and, and he may not have, he may not care. There may be escalators all over the world. That, that, you know, maybe he's making another $4 million a year in endorsements. But Alabama should step up and say, listen, we get the best college football coach in the history of the game. You deserve $15 million. That, that should not be within two or $300,000, not perceptually from a fan standpoint. He should get at least $15 million a year. They should step up right now and say, enough of this. We're doing this. Dabo's agent's going to love it. Kirby's agent's going to love it. Kelly's agent's going to love it, but they should step up and say, listen, sell another $2 million worth of beers this year in the SEC if you guys can open your concession stands in time and, and pay this guy what he deserves. Am I, am I missing something here? Am I missing something? I, I don't know. He accepted the contract, so why the school well, sure giving away money? But but every time, you can't tell me that he's kind of scratching his head going, hmm, Dabo's won two national titles. Doesn't he wins another national title, it'll be restructured. No doubt about it. Sure. All right, let's get a break. Uh, we'll uh, come back. Let's break it down. This Alabama-Texas yeah. matchup coming up uh, tomorrow, 11 a.m., early start. And uh, we'll uh, get break it down for you coming up on the other side. Clint Lamb, again, is going to join us at 115. Look forward to visiting with him from Bam Insider on 3 Media as well. All right, stay with us. We'll be back.
Hometown you're looking for. Find a truckerjob.com. Text jobs to 70174 to get your career moving today. Again, text jobs to 70174. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Cloudy with periods of rain, maybe a few thunderstorms across West Alabama this afternoon and tonight. The high today 79, tonight's low 68. Tomorrow, mostly cloudy with scattered to numerous showers and thunderstorms around. The high 81. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 80 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Texas and uh, hopefully uh, a big win as well for the Crimson Tide. Hey, let's break down some of the numbers real quick, and I'll read through some of these, and then uh, we can discuss, talk about it. But 31 points a game is what Texas defense gave up last year. Alabama allowed under 85 yards per game rushing uh, last year. And uh, when you look at uh, not only that, but also some of the, uh, as far as the uh, stats with uh, the against number one teams, uh, ranked number one teams, Texas 5-11 and all time. They're 2-2. Two and two in the last four meetings. Alabama scored on his first nine possessions in the opener and all on all eight drives with every starter in. Uh, also for the uh, running back uh, situation for Texas, B. John Robertson uh, has 27 plays at 20-plus yards or more and uh, six of 50 or more. Uh, tied receivers totaled 100-plus yards in the first half of 18 of the last 42 games. Texas is 1-7 and seven when allowing that 30-plus points under Sarkeesian. As we talked about, they're giving up 31 points a game last year. Alabama has scored 40-plus points in 41 of the last 57 games. That's 71.9, right at 72% of the time leading the nation. Xavier Worthy set Texas freshman records in 21 with uh, 62 catches, 981 yards, 12 touchdowns, an excellent, excellent wide receiver, him and Bijan, uh, the running back. And then Alabama has also won 48 of its last 49 games when scoring a touchdown on the opening drive. Texas is 6-3 and three when leading after the third quarter under Sarkeesian is 0-4 when trailing after the third. Will Anderson led college football with 17 and a half sacks, 34 for tackles for a loss, 34.5, excuse me, tackles for loss a year ago and leads the tie defense that returns seven stars. Texas 4-0 when it wins the time of possession under Sarkeesian, 2-7 and seven when it loses time of possession. Alabama's 163-9. and nine. Under Saban when leading at half and 147 and four when leading by seven or more at the break. So, uh, guys, breaking down some of those numbers, uh, kind of give me your thoughts on some other things that you guys have seen. I think, uh, for the most part, uh, we're expecting somewhat of a high-scoring uh, game uh, tomorrow starting at noon, uh, certainly from the Crimson Tide. I don't think anything can stop the Crimson Tide offense right now. They are just absolutely hitting on all cylinders. And, of course, you didn't hit a Utah State team that, that basically just called the game before it even kicked off against them. I think Texas will be able to move the football just because, Lars, they're so skilled at quarterback, certainly potential-wise. I know it's only early on, start. especially. They're tied in. They're, 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 yeah, early on, they're, they're tied in, of course, with the MVP of the first game of the season. They, we didn't even mention him yet. Uh, you got the wide receiver. You got the running back who's, who's lights out. So they got guys in their skill position. As long as they can get some protection up front, offensively speaking, I think they'll move the football. They might put 20 up, but I think Alabama could put a 50 spot on them as well. 
Yeah, I agree. Um, got to remember that Texas defense last year was ranked 100th in the country. Yeah. Uh, they got pushed around. Uh, their defensive line did all season long, including when they played Kansas and lost to Kansas. Um, Texas, they're they're getting closer, and I've said this all week. They're 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 certainly building up their uh, skill position, uh, skill positions. And Ewers, um, he started off rough last week. He started the game over two with a pick, and there was this feeling in the stadium there that, that uh, here we go again uh, at, yeah. among Texas fans. But then, but then he started really. Uh, um, he responded well to that opening pick. And uh, started taking the the checkdowns rather than forcing the ball down the field, um, and yeah, kept kept g- giving the ball to his tight end, uh, who's a, a special player. But again, I don't think their offensive line is going to be able to hold up all all game long. And uh, I, I can see them scoring maybe two touchdowns, but uh, I, I I just don't think it's going to be close. I have to agree with Ryan Leaf, who said, "Hey, watch it, watch everybody should be watching a different game." Uh, because um, this one is not going to be close for more than five minutes, and I tend to agree. To that, that line maybe he suggested that Texas fans just not watch. Yeah. yeah, that that line is probably at about twenty, just because it's Texas, the Longhorns, and and it is supposedly one of the biggest games of the college football season. When you have the biggest game of the college football season, one team's favored by twenty over another. That's not a good look. Uh, so just the name Texas should buy you a little bit, probably seven or eight points. It should probably be a 30-point line. You know how many times Alabama's beaten Texas in their histories? Mm, no. Once. Really? Alabama is 1-6-1 one, and one against mm. the long mm. What are you telling me there, Matthew? I'm telling you <laughs> it's going to be 2-6-1 and one yeah, tomorrow exactly. around 2 o'clock in the yeah. afternoon. You have to play to win, don't you? Uh, yeah. But, uh, it, it's... Uh, the history is not on Alabama's side, and as Nick said, last time we went to Texas and we were twenty point favorites, it didn't work out too well. And this will more likely be the last time they play each other, obviously before Texas comes into the SEC. So he may want to leave a branding mark on the backside of the Longhorns if you don't know talk it about. Okay, you want well, to play in the it, SEC? Well, let's play. Yeah, if you're gonna play, if you're gonna turn the channel, uh, you got Arkansas State uh, at Ohio State, Southern Miss at Miami. South Carolina at uh, Arkansas, and uh, you got uh, Wake Forest at Vandy. Then 30 minutes later, you can turn it to Charleston versus North Carolina State. So not really a lot of great games to turn to away from Alabama, Texas, even though Alabama is going to be uh, winning big. is pretty interesting. That is, no, you're right. I'm, that, that I'm one looking is pretty interesting. To, yeah, I'm looking forward to the Kentucky-Florida game. I mean, everyone keeps talking I'm about looking forward to that one too. Yeah, but that's a bit later. Squatty's got uh, Florida's favored by six and a half in that game against Kentucky. I mean, Florida used to lay 52 on Kentucky every single week. Even when they didn't play each other, they laid 52 on Kentucky. Didn't the Cats whack them last year? A six and a half point favorite. And I think another game is uh, Tennessee-Pittsburgh is a very interesting matchup. After Pittsburgh's mm-hmm. coming off the big rival game against West Virginia, the game's going to be even. They both won a game. And I really want to see, obviously, UAB playing Liberty, see if there's a little revenge factor there. But uh, the Marshall-Notre Dame game for me is a little interesting. I want to see how Notre Dame performs after taking on Ohio State the first game of the year. Will they lay an egg one 16 to 16-13 type of game and go, here we go with Notre Dame again, or will they lay the wood on Marshall like they should? We are Marshall. Yeah. <laughs> I want to see yeah, Appalachian State, Mich- uh, Michigan, I mean, uh, Appalachian State, excuse me, uh, Texas A&M, because they played North Carolina mm-hmm. so well. Chase Bryce had an unbelievable, really, fourth quarter, I guess, um, and, you know, came up short. The uh, former Clemson quarterback and uh, nephew of our friend Mickey Kahn, who played at Alabama with me. But um, yeah, also for Alabama, uh, Lars, they get Cam Latu back, which is, is huge. Uh, Saban said that he's 100%. Yeah, and 
Uh, yeah, I, I think uh, you, you'll you'll see plenty of him over the middle uh, in this game, and um, I think Alabama is going to really try to establish the run. Um, and uh, I know that was sort of one area last week that Saban wasn't exactly thrilled with. I, the, the the stats looked pretty good, but they were sort of outweighed by uh, or or weighted waited too much uh, because of uh, a couple of long runs that were uh, that uh, Bryce Young had and, and others so I think um, I think they'll just try to pound it between the tackles I really do and um, and then do play action pass it's my that's my game plan kind of give you a, a little bit of a schedule today right now at 12 o'clock they're having their team meetings uh, they'll have uh, some position meetings after that then I think around 245 or three they'll they'll uh, be uh, flying out uh, to get to Texas um, and uh, also uh, kind of getting ready for, you know, all the stuff they'll do tonight. They'll do a little bit ahead of schedule, get everybody to bed, get them up earlier uh, that morning, have have breakfast. They'll do a walkthrough uh, probably in their suits like they've done before with early games uh, and uh, they call a chair or whatever. They just have the chairs lined up as a defense or offense and kind of give some calls and stuff, get kind of, you know, game ready as far as mentally and then head over to the stadium and uh, get ready to play that early matchup at 11 a.m. for the Crimson Tide. So one of the things I think is going to be interesting is, you know, for Alabama signaling, because Sark knows a lot of the signals they've used over the last so many years on defense and on offense as he's watched that. And uh, be interested to see whether, whether if Alabama uh, chose to uh, change up some of those signals, maybe throw them off a little bit on some of the signals as well that they may use for other things. But uh, that could be a big part of the game. There's no doubt, and you wonder how much of that stuff maybe he uh, photocopied, uh, did a little spy work before he split just to keep track of what's going on, not to say that maybe he ever thought he, he downloaded it. all that on <laughs> his laptop. Maybe he felt like he would never be playing uh, Nick Saban as a head coach somewhere else, but yeah, it's always uh, that stuff's always in that little locker room in your head, right? Well, and Nick, but Nick made a point, that, you know, we both know each other. Exactly. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And what, what's the great saying? I think it was Coach Bryant that said uh, to, to one of his former coaches said uh, yeah i taught you everything you know but i didn't teach you everything i know mm-hmm. yeah true i love that quote all right we'll continue live from avx again 115 uh, we got clint lamps going to join us from bam insider on three media we'll talk about some of the other big matchups we mentioned some of them just now but uh, around not only the sec but across the nation coming up this weekend in college football stay with us we're live from avx we'll be back You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. One in seven men will face prostate cancer. Nearly 500 new cases are diagnosed every day in the U.S. Traditional treatments can cause erectile dysfunction and urinary incontinence. But now there's a new option, high-intensity focused ultrasound, or HIFU. Men who are really looking for an option that really preserves their urinary and sexual function are great candidates for high food treatment. Preserve your quality of life. Call 866-4-VITURO or visit VITUROHealth.com. Hi, it's Jay Barker for AVX, Audio Video Excellence. They are the premier provider for custom audiovisual design and installation in the Southeast. AVX seeks excellence in everything it does, including a superior employee experience. AVX offers employees an industry-leading salary, insurance benefits, and 401k options. AVX technicians also receive the highest level of certification and continue training, making it one of the most awarded and decorated companies in the industry. Career opportunities are available now for technicians in Birmingham and Santa Rosa Beach, Florida. Join the AVX team by contacting them at avxinc.com. 
Gary Burley here for Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. As a 10-year National Football League veteran, you can imagine my surprise being diagnosed with cancer and starting chemotherapy treatment back in 2014. I suffered from a lot of pain and offered up prayer during those days as I made it into remission. But I developed neuropathy. Anyone that suffers from this condition knows the pain is excruciating, nerve numbness and tingling along the tissue that won't heal. I tried everything for relief, folks, until my wife suggested I call Dr. Williford of Williford Chiropractic and wellness. I called at 205-909-7373 and scheduled an appointment. After three treatments, I began experiencing relief that I haven't had in years. If you're suffering from neuropathy, I suggest you reach out to Dr. Williford and his great staff at WillifordChiropracticAndWellness.com. Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. Give them a call at 205-909-7373. Balance your brain. Balance your life. Hi, it's Jay Barker. I want to tell you about my good friends Craig and Keith at Birmingham Broker. Go online at bhambroker.com. That's bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Got seven kids, man, and we had to sell a lot of cars. And these guys are looking for a lot of inventory. They helped us with all the hassle. No stress for us. They did the process as far as the sales and everything. Handled it all the way through. White glove type service. You'll love it. Again, it's bhambroker.com. Sell your car through bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Hi, it's Jay Barker for Siebel's in downtown Homewood, and now's the time to get your special place ready. Come in and let Siebel's design your porch with Kingsley Bait Outdoor Furniture and one of their custom swinging beds. For the great room, you're going to need their Carson Swivel Recliner. Siebel's is the number one Carson Recliner dealer in the country, and Sarah and I, we've got one, and we absolutely love it. Be sure also to check out their famous custom-made beds and bunk beds built by Siebel's and made up with some of their best linens in town. Their staff can truly put your bed together like no other store. You can also follow Siebel's and shop on Instagram and Facebook. And be sure to call or go by their special store in downtown Homewood. The number is 800-448-1962. That's 800-448-1962. And just for listening, go to Siebel'sCottage.com and order anything you want and type in Jay Barker for a special discount code. That's Jay Barker for a special discount code available only to our listeners for a limited time on The Jay Barker Show. Siebel's in downtown Homewood or online at Siebel'sCottage.com. It's Antonio Langham here to tell you about the easiest way to buy your tickets to your next high school game. Have you ever had to wait in line to buy a high school ticket or stop to get cash on the way to the game? There has to be a better way. There is. It's called GoFan. Check out GoFan.co the next time you need a ticket for your high school game. GoFan is easy, fast, and completely secure. You can buy tickets directly from your phone and just show the ticket at the gate. Download the GoFan app or visit GoFan.co now. That's C. Letter O. If you're gonna play in Texas, you gotta have a fiddle in the band. That lead guitar is hot, but not for Louisiana man. So rolls enough that both are faded love and let's all dance. If you're gonna play in Texas, you gotta have a fiddle in the band. Number one, Alabama, Texas, getting ready for. Matchup 11 a.m. in Austin, Texas. I remember Last night, though, really Houston. a great thing happened we at the Rams the game in the early third quarter. McKenzie, uh, Isaiah McKenzie, that is, caught a touchdown on the an inside short post to give the Bills a 17 nothing or 17 10 lead, excuse me, one that they would never let go of. Uh, in the celebration, he runs up to the end of the end zone cameraman and shouts, "It's a boy!" twice, which is an odd celebration out of context. However, as we learned. 
uh, that the reason for that celebration was that McKenzie was delivering one of the all-time coolest gender reveals to his sister and her husband, who are expecting what we now know is a son. So a very unique That's gender awesome. reveal there. That's awesome. Is, yeah. I think that's the best gender reveal of all time. Who else could uh, Who else could do that? First of all, he's got to be on camera, right? Yeah. So it's got. He, he had to make that happen, right? Yeah. That is that is awesome. That is fantastic. Wow. wow. Good stuff. What have you said? It's quadruplets. <laughs> Can you all believe boys. how? <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm having a baby goat. <laughs> do y'all go to those parties? <laughs> the gender reveal. I mean, I've never. No, when never people start dying doing gender reveals, you know, like shooting guns, a blue gun and a yellow gun, or <laughs> a pink gun, or those uh, those uh, chalk bombs that blow up in kids' faces and stuff. I'm pretty. I'm good. I had a friend who they were going to do it with a birthday cake. Yeah, you know, and you cut the cake open, and the inside is either. It was wrong. Oh no! <laughs> I said boy, when it's really a girl, <laughs> they get free cake for the rest of their life. I bet they do. You know what started that? You know, you know what you know what started the whole gender reveal. No, college football. The caps at the table. That was the first reveal we had. So you're saying that the, led outside to Alan, fireworks outside Alan Funt in, in candid camera. That was the first reveal. The first reveals we ever had, big time. That really people started paying attention to were the caps on the table. I'm telling hmm, you, that's I, college I, I, reveal. Yeah, we didn't have gender reveals before that. Hmm. You know what a gender reveal was in my family? My dad's staying drunk for four days and not coming home. <laughs> we must be having another child. Where's Dick? He's up at Earl's Pony Keg, drunk under the pool table again. Oh, we must be having a boy. That was a gender reveal in 1972. <laughs> Did y'all know? My mom crying for four days. What I didn't I, want to know. What am I going to tell your father? What, that it's the postman's? <laughs> or that we're going to be on Maury Povich's next week to find out a DNA sample. Did you know the genders of, of your children? Yes. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't want to know. We, uh, we, we found out as soon as we could. And I'll never forget uh, having our second child and uh, 10 weeks, one heartbeat. 11 weeks, one heartbeat. 12 weeks. Oh, this thing that we thought was a blood clot? Oh. It's a heartbeat. You guys are having twins. And April and I just looked at each other, and not a word was uttered. <laughs> we did not speak for, like, a day as we're trying to process this information that we're going to have three kids Is that what you call your kid, BC, for blood clot? <laughs> <laughs> Come here, little BC, you little booger bear, you. That's awful. We didn't even know what our gender was when we adopted our kids. We just wanted, oh, wow. something, we wanted something healthy. We just said, give us a help. Yep. Just give, it's got to be alive. That's all, that's, that's all I said. I don't care what it is. Just give it to me. And so when they, they call you up for the referral, they're like, uh, would you like to, to hear more about your baby boy? And you're like, oh. Oh, no. But, I mean, you can go through a, a plethora of different, you want a boy, you want a three- to five-year-old, you can do whatever, blah, 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 blah. But, yeah, I don't know what it was like in Jay's particular case. Um, yeah, and I yeah, knew. Um, so, so we knew that. And then um, with Braxton, we didn't know. And I think with the twins, we found out before. I, I can't remember. Either we waited uh, till that. But I, I loved finding out um, at that moment right at birth. I thought that was pretty cool yeah. and it's kind of old school. But God, that's the good I mean, the one thing about gender reveal is kind of cool is that you, you both of you don't know. And then, you know, whatever they, they do to, to reveal that, at least you're in that moment celebrating it together as a surprise. And that's kind of the moment you get and the yeah. feeling you get when you're when it's happening at birth as well. 
Well, you have a blue and a pink. What, are, what's the, what colors are they? I mean, don't we just have they uh, reveals now? <laughs> oh, no. Seriously, if we're going to have a gender reveals, we should do theys, right? I hope not. Uh, we decided oh, really that before qu- birth. Is that yellow or what is that? Cautionary? <laughs> what, what is that? What is, yeah, because that's we, what I thought it was. Yellow, yeah, okay. right? Because it'd be gray. You don't think that's going to happen for you, do you? What do you get when you mix blue and pink together? Uh, uh, light, a light <laughs> blue. I would think. Close to purple. Purple, purple. yes, purple. a purple. Yeah. yeah. Well, first of all, yeah. blue and a pink should not mix, uh, first of all. So then uh, the day would be purple. A rural area of Alabama, perhaps? <laughs> Meanwhile, Alabama's traveling to Texas tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 11 a.m. kickoff. Yeah. Uh, it all started with the Bills guy going into the end zone for a touchdown? Yes. It's a boy, it's a boy. There you go. Isaiah McKenzie. That is pretty awesome. Jay, I got to ask you a question because yeah. I think you've told us before that you've, you've taken, you know, you've had shots, right? Football-related shots, correct? Yes. Have, did you ever take a sodium shot? Have y'all ever heard of that? Mm-hmm. Alabama no, players think, are taking I think a sodium, sodium shot, shot is like a shot like you would take a shot of alcohol. I think the, the little things they they I, they, they, I think that's what it's like a five hour a five hour energy that they shake up and then take it a sodium uh, shot. I, I mean, I, I would I think that I don't needle. think they would inject shots of sodium into them. But but that is on the things you need to know about Alabama Texas because they are concerned about the heat, rightfully so. Mm-hmm. Ninety six degrees in the middle of the day in Austin, Texas. But in this particular thing, I think Saban said this last night on Hey Coach, that players were taking sodium shots and salt packets. And I thought that was frowned upon. Like, when I was playing, you know, it back was. with the leather helmets, uh, you that didn't take it. salt. I yeah. mean, you took salt, then then they now they discourage it. But, Jay, are you telling me now they do it again? They've been doing it again for about the last probably, uh, probably eight to ten years. The science came back around and said, wait a minute, we messed up. Uh, you need to be getting as much sodium as you possibly can. Uh, and these heat, yeah, I mean, like ours, when we were in like high school and, uh, and I know Jack Wood wouldn't mind me sharing this, but yeah, I mean, they were very like, you can't take salt pills. I mean, at that time, that's kind of what everybody was saying. And, um, we didn't get really a lot of water breaks either. If, I mean, early on, not any at all, it was kind of like water made you weak. And then finally, I think the uh, Alabama high school association came out and said, you have to do a water break every like 20 minutes in order for guys in the summer to get, uh, replenished. But, uh, yeah, that was I mean, we used to tell the guys on scout team, look, you know, you're going to pretend that you're hurt so that you get an ice pack and we can all grab ice out of it, or either we're going to hurt you and you're going to get an ice pack. <laughs> so uh, uh-huh. that was the way for us to get something. I mean, we would take our shirts with sweat just to get the liquid from the sweat off in, in, into your mouth so your mouth wasn't so dry. But, uh, yeah, a lot different time now. I mean, those guys get water whenever they want it. And uh, any type of, uh, you know, electrolyte drink like Gatorade or Powerade, that kind of stuff. But, um, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. I, I do think with Alabama's heat in the summer, August heat, which well, they had a few days, they got pretty hot. Um, I mean, some, some days were pretty mild. Uh, it, it's probably as, as close to what you're going to get in Texas here in September as well. A couple of the Texas players on the Alabama squad made that statement, said, look, it's hotter here in the summer than, than I've ever had in Texas. So I'm not so sure if that's, that'll be the case on Saturday night, but hopefully that won't be a, a determining factor for either one. I think both teams will prepare for that very well. You know, and also, there's a lot of sodium in your sweat, which is yeah. why, you know, if you exercise, yeah, in, in, if you exercise for an extended amount of time, you're going to, ultimately, when you're done, you're going to have, like, you know, sweat on your face. And so that's why 
they're they're taking the sodium shots and um and and also uh pedialyte mm-hmm. which is really I'm told it's really good for a hangover. You're told that. Yes. I've never actually no, no, no experience. No, no. But uh used to give pedialyte <laughs> it's what Would it's you what drink kid, your kids kids. That's what you give kids yeah. when they're sick. Yeah. 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 I've got pedialyte in my refrigerator right now. <laughs> yeah. It's because it uh, it hydrates you better yep. than uh, what, what better it, than Gatorade. Hydration, hydration without the hype is their motto, right? Hydration without the hype. Good yeah. one. Mm-hmm. Doesn't taste very well, good. Well, no, because no. You know, they're, they're, they're trying to make it sound like Gatorade and all these other things are just like soda waters, and this is the real deal. But it makes sense that if it would help your two-year-old after he throws his guts up all night long, it would be a good thing for you to drink either after a hangover or when you're depleted of sweat. We used to have this stuff that the uh, managers made called mean water. Have I ever shared this with y'all before? No, please do. They would uh, take huge lime Kool-Aid packets and mix it with water and dump salt in it. Stir it all up. It sounds disgusting. It wasn't after three a day. You know, interestingly, uh, Chase McClellan, he grew up in uh, Alito, Texas, which is just about 200 miles away from uh, uh, where they're going to be playing tomorrow in Austin. And he said that uh, training in the hot, dry conditions there in the, uh, are actually not as bad as training in summer in Tuscaloosa. Just because it's so freaking humid here and you end up sweating more in the humidity, according to him, than uh, than you do in the in the hot, dry heat of Texas. Yeah, did. Hot, hot is hot. Period. You yeah, I mean, I mean, does it really matter who's hotter when they're they're working out? Seriously, I've, I mean, been, I've been to like Phoenix and Arizona, and it's 101 degrees. I'm right, still yeah, sweating. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, it's 100 degrees. It's 100 degrees. No um, Jay, didn't you tell me that you would lose like three, four pounds when y'all had two a days when you were in Alabama? Oh, I'd lose more than that. I'd lose 10, 15 pounds, and then uh, you in know, a day. you'd uh, after a practice, I mean, you know, you, you would lose it and then you would, you get on the scale after where they want to check to make sure kind of where your weight was. You'd come back after lunch and you'd be back up about seven or eight pounds. And then you might lose a little bit more in the afternoon, but the afternoon practices were, they kind of pushed those back later. Uh, so it wasn't quite as hot, but, um, yeah, I mean, it was just, it was kind of like up and down. It's just all water weight. That's what you were losing. And then once you, you drank and got the food in you, all that type of stuff that you would gain the weight pretty much back. But yeah, I mean, it's. Guys would be coming across, and I told Tony this before on the show, we'd go into the, to the uh, Bryant Hall to get lunch, and guys would grab their trays and start walking to their table, and like a shot hit them, or like a shot hit them in their legs, they would cramp up and just throw up their food in the air and uh, go down like just horribly uh, because of the uh, the pain that they were having and stuff. And I've had that a couple of times. The worst for me was that I was actually in Auburn football camp uh, before my senior year in high school. We'd gone through the whole day, and I'd sweated a ton and just – you know, trying to have a great camp and all that. And we went to the pool, and I dove in, and my entire body cramped up, and I was at the bottom of the pool, and I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to get out of this, this situation. Ah. And I just kind of doggy pedaled back up to the uh, to the, to the top where I could grab a hold of the side, and I just sat there and uh, waited for everything to kind of calm down. But it, it does, that, the cramps are horrible. They'll IV guys, uh, whether it be during the game or during halftime especially, to get guys ready for the second half, uh, if if needed, uh, in this game, and I'm sure a lot of times they do it for just preventive measures as well. Hmm. That's scary, Jay. I don't believe they were ever scared. Yeah, that. Or, yeah, I had very heard. scary. Very scary. I think one cramp in my calf is is bad. Yeah, you get them like <laughs> you wake up 
Any, and yeah, I just, I had, just a brain, screamed. I had a brain cramp this morning. <laughs> Ever had one of those? I think I may be having I one now. Was, I would say that's a hangover, but you don't drink anymore. No, I don't. Yeah, no, I've had a brain. I, well, it's the cousin of the brain fart, is what it is. It's the brain <laughs> cramp. With the brain, it's, it's one of the same. Like basically, so, yes. you, you turn into a space cadet. Yeah. Uh, happens more and more to me. You should make some of that mean juice. I want to have some of that. Mean water. Mean water. Huh. Mean water. All right, let's break down some of the games coming up in the SEC on the other side. I know we talked about a few of those, but uh, we'll talk about some of the top matchups around the Southeastern Conference. Coming up on the other side, stay with us. We're live from ABX. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. Did you miss any calls you need? Visit O'Reilly Auto Parts or O'ReillyAuto.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Find Tide on Twitter at Tide109 to keep up with show announcements, guests, and our reporters in the field. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Cloudy with periods of rain, maybe a few thunderstorms across West Alabama this afternoon and tonight. The high today, 79. Tonight's low, 68. Tomorrow, mostly cloudy with scattered to numerous showers and thunderstorms around. The high, 81. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 80 degrees in Tuscaloosa. When I die, I may not go to heaven. As we uh, wrap up our number one, and uh, we're talking about some of the SEC matchups coming up this weekend, and uh, you guys brought up uh, as well at 11 a.m. on ESPN, Alabama, Texas on Fox at 11 a.m., but 11 a.m., South Carolina at number 16, Arkansas. And, you know, Lars, we know Shane Beamer, and, what you know, for him wanting to make a statement, Spencer Rattler had a pretty solid game uh, that first matchup, but uh, they're at Arkansas, uh, Razorback Stadium there in Fayetteville. going to be a tough matchup for them uh, coming in against number 16 team, but for Shane Beamer, want to uh, build on this program and Sam Pittman continuing what he's done at Arkansas so far. Yeah, I think this game is going to show us a lot about each team. How good is KJ Jefferson? Uh, he looked great last week uh, in beating uh, Cincinnati, who was ranked number twenty-three, threw for two twenty-three and three touchdowns, and ran for sixty-two. And then also, how good is Spencer Rattler? He he seemed. Uh, actually to play better than his stats. His stats, he ended up with 227 yards, one touchdowns, and two picks uh, in their 35-14 win over Georgia State. But uh, but uh, South Carolina scored 20 points on special teams, right? Beamer ball yeah. is definitely alive and kicking, which is awesome in uh, at, at South Carolina. But uh, you'd think Arkansas... Uh, Matt would take care of business, but uh, again, I, I still think that uh, no matter what happens in this game, I think I think uh, Shane Beamer has South Carolina on the right track, and uh, I think Arkansas is on the right track too with Sam Pittman. No question. These are two. Uh, these are two up and coming. Absolutely, I, I, I but South Carolina is about two years behind where Sam Pittman has Arkansas. Don't you think? Yes. And I think the biggest difference is where Sam Pittman lives, and that's on the lines. The offensive and defensive lines are superior 
Now, some of the skilled guys at South Carolina, they got a tight end and Rattler, right? Yes. From Oklahoma, really good tight end. So I think skill position-wise, they may be okay as far as the matchups are concerned. But I really look for Arkansas to pretty much dominate the line of scrimmage on both sides. Razorbacks favored by nine and a half in that particular game. And and let's not take anything away from this Arkansas-Cincinnati game this past week. I know a lot of people saw that Cincinnati broke into the party and got into the Final Four last year. Really a no-win situation for Arkansas because they were favored by six and a half or seven. They should beat Cincinnati because Cincinnati obviously lost their quarterbacks to the National Football League. They lost, I think, three offensive linemen, four defensive linemen. This is a depleted Cincinnati. The only reason they were top 25 is because they made the Final Four last year. And so if you lose that game... Uh, you're losing to a depleted Cincinnati squad that probably shouldn't have been there last year because we saw what they did against Alabama. And if you win that game, well, you're beating a Cincinnati squad that's defeated. But, I mean, they got it done. They got the cover. And so I think Arkansas's got a lot to prove. I think if you lose that game, it could kind of set the standard for the rest of the year. They win this game against South Carolina. I think Arkansas's for real coming up on 9-1 season last year. Yeah. Wake Forest at number 23 at Vanderbilt. And, uh, again, Wake Forest, they may be the favorite. But Vanderbilt's got them right now in uh, 4.3 GPA to a 4.0 GPA. Uh, for Wake Forest, so Vandy could go to three and zero just based on uh, GPA. But we'll see. Think the SEC Vandy, Network, really? I think the SEC Network's going to be there this weekend, right? Yeah, they'll be a part of that. So all the pregame stuff. How long has it been since they've been to Nashville for Vanderbilt for a game like that? All right, hour number two is coming up. We'll break down some more of these SEC matchups, Alabama and Texas, and also some of the national matchups as well, all throughout college football coming up this weekend. Going to be a big one. Stay with us. Hour number two next, and Clint Lamb joins us at one fifty. Hi, this is Wes McClooney, owner of the New Balance Birmingham store. Achieving your personal best often comes down to how you feel. And when it comes to the right shoes, nothing feels better than New Balance. The fit specialist at the New Balance Birmingham store conduct an in-depth analysis of your foot size, shape, and gait, determining the best New Balance shoes for you. Experience the difference of custom fit today at the New Balance Birmingham store on Highway 280 next to Chick-fil-A. New Balance Birmingham. Your feet will thank you. One in seven men will face prostate cancer. Nearly 500 new cases are diagnosed every day in the U.S. Traditional treatments can cause erectile dysfunction and urinary incontinence. But now there's a new option. High-intensity focused ultrasound or HIFU. Men who are really looking for an option that really preserves their urinary and sexual function are great candidates for HIFU treatment. Preserve your quality of life. Call 866-4-VITURO or visit VITUROHEALTH.COM. I'm excited to tell you about our newest sponsor here on the Jay Barker Radio Network. They pioneered the Chicken Finger Box and the Chicken Finger Restaurant. That's Guthrie's. Guthrie's recipes and processes are often imitated but never duplicated. Look, their sauce is probably the most copied sauce of all sauces all time. And I've known this family since my days down in Tuscaloosa. And they came over, and man, I tell you, it's nostalgic even today to see my kids going to that same Guthrie's. And great family do so much for the community, but more importantly, provide the best when it comes to chicken fingers. Get out to Guthrie's today. I want to tell you about my good friends at Southern Assurance Group. Hi, it's Jay Barker, and look, Ken Needham has done a terrific job. Local company, 205-980-1505 is their number. That's 980-1505. Again, local, you can speak with the same team every time you give them a call. Full line of products from Auto Home, Boat Life. You'll trust them. They have a great uh, deal as far as the relationships they build with their customers and 20 years with the same company and industry. Custom approach for your insurance needs. Give them a call, 980-1505. That is Southern Assurance Group. Hi. 
Hi, it's Jay Barker. I want to tell you about my good friends Craig and Keith at Birmingham Broker. Go online at bhambroker.com. That's bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Got seven kids, man, and we had to sell a lot of cars. And these guys are looking for a lot of inventory. They helped us with all the hassle. No stress for us. They did the process as far as the sales and everything. Handled it all the way through. White glove type service. You'll love it. Again, it's bhambroker.com. Sell your car through bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Whether it's for lunch or dinner, head out to the Cajun Steamers, a New Orleans-style joint that serves authentic Cajun and Creole food, cold beer, and great drinks. They are known for their wide array of Cajun classics and original creations prepared in an authentic fashion. This Louisiana kitchen can have you slapping the table for more. Stop by the Cajun Steamer and sign up for your Alabama, LSU, or Auburn fan card. Eat with the Cajun Steamer while your team is on TV and use your fan card to receive a 15% discount on your entire meal. With locations in Hoover, Trustful, Huntsville, and Franklin, Tennessee, they've got you covered. Head out today to the Cajun Steamer. It's Antonio Langham here to tell you about the easiest way to buy your tickets to your next high school game. Have you ever had to wait in line to buy a high school ticket or stop to get cash on the way to the game? There has to be a better way. There is. It's called GoFan. Check out GoFan.co the next time you need a ticket for your high school game. GoFan is easy, fast, and completely secure. You can buy tickets directly from your phone and just show the ticket at the gate. Download the GoFan app or visit GoFan.co now. That's GoFan.letter C, letter O. Birmingham's best Mexican restaurant for over 20 years and counting. That's La Paz Restaurant in Crestline Village and Mount Laurel. They've got a great staff. Its delicious menu, award-winning cheese dip, and margaritas and vibrant atmosphere have helped to make La Paz a local favorite. Blue corn nachos, Texas barbecue quesadillas, steak and blue quesadillas, Baja fish tacos, signature fajitas, and much, much more. So head over to La Paz today if you want a great lunch or a great dinner. And you'll find all that at La Paz, Crestline and Mount Laurel for lunch or dinner. WTUG HD2 Northport and W265CG Tuscaloosa. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Our journey begins and Alabama will put it in play. He and Arenas are going to have one of the great duels Returning punch here tonight if they get a chance. A pass, a fake, intercepted. Gideon pulls it down. Nick Saban goes way against his coaching philosophy. Comes up with a Belichick move on the first drive of the game. Colt McCoy suffered a shoulder injury on that hit. And 18-yard field goal puts Texas ahead after the turnover. Short kickoff. That's a live ball. Texas goes for it. They may have it. That's live. It is Longhorn football. Another Alabama mistake. Hit a 46-yarder against Nebraska to win it. Now the 42-yarder. And Texas builds a six-point advantage. Running Ingram. Power run. Got the first down. First man can't bring him down. Yards after contact continue to add up for the Heisman Trophy winner. Mark was very emotional. Talked about his father as he dashes into the touchdown and gets one for dad. And off Richardson bolts up the middle for the end zone. This could be a touchdown. Put it on the board for Bama. Third and five. Gilbert under pressure and intercepted. Picked off by Arenas. Arenas kills the drive with the Alabama interception. Third and seven. Bootleg, McElroy. He can run. 
side, dives a little bit short of the first down, and now it is Saban who will have a decision to make. Saban says we'll take the points. Can't argue with that. 17 to 6, 23 on the board here in the first half. Here's Gilbert, that inside shuttle pass. Incomplete. Uh, incomplete or is it a fumble? Picked up by Darius. Darius in the air. Darius going for the end zone. That could be a touchdown. If he's got it in the air, that's an interception and a touchdown. And the way they're celebrating, you think in all the world that Marcel Darius, who knocked Colt McCoy out of the game, if he caught it in the air without a hitting ground, interception, touchdown, Alabama. There's always an interception, a touchdown. Not take anything away from this Bama group. This is a sensational defense. Gilbert going deep down the middle. Got a man, got a triple. Touchdown, Texas! 44 yards. Gilbert to Shipley, who shook Arenas. Is that play at the end of the first half right now, when you look at this score, that was intercepted on the shovel pass and taken in for an Alabama touchdown? That play will haunt. Now they get the onside kick, and they dive for it. Texas! Great field position for Gilbert, and now he's got a little bit of confidence, and more importantly, the players around him have confidence, too. Gilbert has got a man open! Touchdown, Texas! Shipley, second of the night. A freshman growing up before your eyes. 28 more yards. Gilbert fumbled. Ball's loose. Bama's got it at the three-yard line. The defense for the Crimson Tide. Call the blitz. Eric Anders comes off the left, left edge of the offense. And just when I said they haven't given up a sack, Alabama dials up the blitz and Anders makes it home. His sixth sack of the year. Upshaw recovers it. Cody leads Ingram. Ingram battles second effort. Touchdown. His second of the night. Great quarterback. Now, now think about what happened. Sam Bradford injured against BYU. Knocked out by Texas down there as we watch this play unfold with Gilbert. And it's intercepted at the 30-yard line. They get down. The clock will continue to run. That championship trophy is headed back to Tuscaloosa. Richardson barges in the end zone. His second of the night. I mean, they got him with emphasis. That was absolutely good. That was all those rules. That was with emphasis. Was there contact there? I mean, that wasn't just Gatorade. That was the plastic. We're, we're coming at it. I mean, this is yeah. getting a little physical here, boys. We've had enough of his rules. We rule. Left field. We rule right now. That's taking Gatorade shower to a different level there. He turned right into that baby. That's one of the all-time best. That's for faking the punter. That'll do it. Clemson Tide wins the national championship. The Bear would be proud. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. Ty 
Welcome back in. Hour number two, presented by Top Golf of Birmingham. Get out to Top Golf. You'll love it. The food, the fun, the drinks, and uh, all the great uh, time you'll have playing uh, golf at Top Golf of Birmingham. If you never experienced it, it's a great place to go as well for tailgating before those UAB matchups or anything down at Protective Stadium. Events and stuff going on, but uh, really a great place to go. And they do a lot of work in the uh, community as far as charitable events. You'll love Top Golf of Birmingham. Also driven by Sunny King Ford on the sunny side of the street. Go see Tony Russell and all the great folks there at Sunny King Ford. All right, we've broken down Alabama, Texas. In the first hour, we're going to do it again with Clint Lamb coming up at one fifteen from Bama Insider and on 3 Media. So uh, some of the other matchups. We talked South Carolina at Arkansas. And uh, big ones for uh, Shane Beamer and Sam Pittman as far as where, the way that they're building their programs. Uh, we got Missouri at Kansas State, but uh, Appalachian State at Texas A&M. Kind of intriguing to me based on how Appalachian State played last uh, last weekend against North Carolina all the way to the end. But uh, number 24, Texas, I mean, Texas, Tennessee uh, at number 17, Pittsburgh. Large intriguing matchup there on 230 on ABC. Yeah, very much so. Um, this is a another measuring stick game for Tennessee because last week, uh, obviously, uh, Pitt uh, playing West Virginia in a real high-profile game in the backyard brawl. Uh, Keaton Slovis, the Pitt quarterback, the transfer from USC, uh, he looked good in that game. And uh, he threw for 308, 16-24. He looked like a uh, – and it, I think he's an NFL prospect uh, for sure. Um, and so now uh, Pitt comes into Tennessee and uh, – uh, excuse me. No, Tennessee is going to Pitt, mm-hmm. and um, the line uh, that I'm seeing is uh, is um, Tennessee by six and a half. Yeah, boy, that seems like a high line to me. Um, but you know, Tennessee has been they they got they received a lot of preseason love, and now we'll uh, we'll see how good they are. You know, and uh, the Pitt defense uh, they returned about seventy five percent of their twenty twenty one production. And um, last season, Pitt beat Tennessee 41-34. Uh, but the Vols, um, you know, they, they made a lot of mistakes in that game. But um, I, I would lean toward Pitt in this game, Tony. Uh, I'm going to take Tennessee on this. I, I, I like where Coach Heupel's going with this football team. I, you know, you have to build. It's just amazing because when Jay and I were doing you know, the opening drive with, with Aldo Greco, we were talking about how when Tennessee is better, College football is better. It, I agree. it is. It is. And, and I mean, that third Saturday in October has just been a stinker for so long now. Normally, five, six, seven years, it, it ebbs and flows, but they've been bad for 20 years. I mean, it really is. And God, I love Tennessee fans. I've got a lot of friends up there. The, the company that formerly owned the radio station I worked with for 30 years uh, had had their, their home base up there. And they're. they're You're talking about Dick Broadcasting? Yeah, they're, they're Tennessee Volunteers Network, right? So, I mean, we, we used to go up there all the time, and we, of course, were the Alabama Network, and so we, we were pushing against them. But that's when those games were great. Those let me, were a lot of fun let me ask watch. you a quick question. Why do you think Tennessee has struggled for so long? Is it the lack of high school talent in the state of Tennessee? I, I, you know what? I'm going to tell you something right now. I think Philip Fulmer, and I, and I know that he's held every position in that athletic department. But since 98, he, he is not the face of the UT fan base. And if you ask people in Knoxville, they'll tell you, oh, we love him, but we hate him. We don't want him here. We, we need yeah. new blood. And until they brought Josh Heupel in, I really didn't feel like they had the coach that they really believed in. It was an, it was a, a good coach. It was an, well, I know he is. Yeah. It, it, but it's, it feels a little Auburnish to me. 
where you had that Auburn fan base going, I don't care who it is, he's our coach, and we're going to have Oregon stand behind him. Well, if you have to say that, you don't believe in that coach. And that's hard to get, and that's why we saw Brian Harson have the inside out, almost push him out after one year. Yeah. What if uh, Tiffin had stayed? You know what? It wasn't that was a great it, hire. It, it was. It was not Kiffin's time, and I don't think he was ready to coach Tennessee at that time. But I think he needed to coach Tennessee in order to get to where he is right now at Ole Miss. And I don't think Ole Miss is his destination either because I don't think he can win a national championship there. But I do think he can. Jay, who do you like? And he's, and, and he's, a, and he's a flight attendant when he's not college, when, he, when he's not flying. Joey Freshwater. <laughs> Jay, who do you like in, in a Pitt-Tennessee game? I like Tennessee in this, actually. I think what Josh Heupel's doing there, and, you know, look, they kind of picked up where they left off last season, posted, uh, to, what, top 10 ranked offense in college football, and the uh, the core of their offense returns, and I think that's key, led by Hendon Hooker, who had some you know, really good moments last year at quarterback, uh, coming off of a, uh, what, 351, 351, I think it was, yards, uh, passing uh, two scores, two rushing touchdowns off just five carries. So, uh you know, um, and all, I think UT uh, ended up with 218 yards on the ground. So, I, I, I don't know. It's, it's going to be a, a great matchup. I, I, but I, I would favor Tennessee right now to win it. How about you, Matt? Uh, I've sat here during this conversation and gone back and forth about five times. Mm-hmm. Um, but usually in situations like that, I, I go with an SEC team. Yep. And mm-hmm. I like Hooker a lot. And I, I'm with you guys. I think Heupel, he's not the slam dunk end-all, be-all for Tennessee. I think he's growing with the program, and he's bringing it along at a pretty good pace. Um, so, uh, Jay, Jay, you and I have talked about this a little bit. I'll, I'll put the same question to you that I asked Tony. Just in terms of the entire program at Tennessee, what what are the biggest obstacles, and, and, and what has been the reason for Tennessee's decline? I think it was who, in the, who was in the building for so long. And um, I, I think that this, just the power brokers, I mean, every school that struggles uh, when they don't just hand the keys over and let a coach go at it and then keep them for a period of time. Um, and I don't know. They seem just dysfunctional, the biggest thing. Um, and when it comes to uh, everything kind of running that athletic department as well as, but especially the football program. And, you know, I, I think the other thing too, and I brought this up on some other shows, uh, even on this one before uh, this year, but Tennessee used to be a national recruiter, and everybody else kind of recruited within state. They went outside and got guys from California, from Texas, and at a time when most people weren't doing that. And now everybody recruits nationally. And uh, so the Internet probably affected them as much as anything where a kid can go online and look up a school and find out more information about it, the, the ability to travel in and the camps and all the things where coaches get a chance to watch them and the seven-on-sevens and all that, I think has uh, probably affected their recruiting. They don't have the stable of high school talent in Tennessee. It's getting better, but it's not nearly what it, uh, Alabama, Georgia, Florida, Texas, California, uh, and even some of the other SEC uh, states uh, as well. So we'll see uh, how it all turns out. Tennessee has scored 45-plus points in four straight games. That's a school record. Pitt scored at least 30 points in their 14 of their last 18 games. UT averages 481.6 yards per game under Josh Happel and has surpassed 400 yards in 11 of their 14 games. Pittsburgh is 22 and 6 under Pat Narduzzi. Narduzzi, excuse me, when it runs for 200 yards. So a little bit different approach on both sides of the football. Be a great matchup. All right, coming up on the other side, a great guy, Clint Lamb from Bam Insider on 3 Media. Joining us, we'll break it down again. Alabama, Texas. See what his thoughts are as Alabama travels to Austin. You'll watch that game on Fox at 11 a.m. We'll be back. America in your new Burton Campers RV. Be certain with Burton. Burton Campers at exit 231 on I-65 in Calera. Nobody sells RVs for less. 
Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Cloudy with periods of rain, maybe a few thunderstorms across West Alabama this afternoon and tonight. The high today, 79. Tonight's low, 68. Tomorrow, mostly cloudy with scattered to numerous showers and thunderstorms around. The high, 81. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 81 degrees in Tuscaloosa. We got Tony Curry at the Tony Curry Radio Network in studio as well. And uh, Robbie Glenn, we'll talk a little striker strong a little bit later on in the show and how uh, the tournament coming up, uh, what, uh, two weeks away. Hard to believe uh, that that tournament's two weeks away, Highland Golf Course. But uh, we'll be getting into that uh, here a bit later on as well. Uh, right now, let's welcome in Bam Insider on 3 Media. And that's Clint Lamb uh, joining us as he does each week. And uh, always great to have him on and get his perspective on the crimson tide and clint first of all welcome in and i'll start with this question is that a lot of the texas fans are kind of like revenge factor revenge you know they beat us in 2009 our quarterback goes out and uh, we should have won the game and all that stuff these guys were what four five six seven years old most of the players and when that happened i mean how much revenge revenge factor is for them and how much they remember that game <laughs> yeah I, uh first of all i appreciate you guys having me on um I don't know how much that's going to affect things. I really don't think it's going to affect things at all. You know, I think that's more so for the fans. If you can give yeah. them that, and that's great. Um, mm-hmm. But, I mean, that's something that, you know, Steve Sarkeesian was a, wasn't a part of anything back then. Um, you know, I, yeah, I don't think it's going to be much of a motivational factor for players and coaches and all that. But, hey, if you can give it to your fans, then great. Um, that's something, I guess, to, to at least bring up in the locker room and, hey, let's give this to our fans. But that would be about it. Hey, take just a second and catch us up on what you're doing, where you've been, and um, you, you know we we introduced you as on three, but uh, where are you headed these days, Clint? Yeah, I mean, it, pretty much at this point, uh, it kind of feels like that I'm telling people what I'm not doing. Uh, I feel like that's a shorter list. I feel like I, I, I'm every I'm everywhere now as far as just you know I do the podcasting thing with with Jimmy Stein. Him and I have a Bama on three podcasts that we've been doing for a little while. I've been doing the YouTube live stuff, uh, the Bama Insider stuff with you guys. You know, I know that Jay also participates in and does a fantastic job over there. So we do a lot of that. We do a lot of the message board stuff over at, you know, Talk of Champions. Uh, all of my written stuff pretty much at this point is at uh, Bama Insider, of course, and, you know, doing a lot of the team coverage. And then also I do a two-hour radio show from two to four, you know, on the days where I'm, you know, able to uh, – I'm sure you guys can probably uh, relate, but, you know, a lot of the player interviews and Nick Saban press conferences and all that stuff happened typically between, you know, that, you know, two to four window, or at least it's close enough where I have to be in Tuscaloosa and I'm not able to join, you know, the guys on my own show, but they're, they allow me to be really flexible, but I'm also doing that as well. Uh, pretty much, you know, at least during the latter part of the week, I'll be on there, I guess, here in about, you know, 40, 45 minutes. So, 
nowadays it just it seems like it's kind of everything. And I guess that's just where the media world's headed, right? I mean, it's not just the, the written content anymore. It's getting out there and, and talking things out, which I love talking football. I would tend to one rather, you know, make, uh, say what I need to say in 30 seconds rather than, you know, spending 30 minutes writing a few paragraphs on it. Uh, so I enjoy this, you know, avenue to be able to share and, and talk Alabama football. But it certainly is a little bit different. I'm sure you guys can relate. Yeah, it's amazing how uh, just media has evolved and uh, we all kind of have to do a little bit of everything. Um, Clint, I, I want to sort of turn things around and ask you about Texas and what is the path for Texas to keep the game close? And I, I, I don't think they really have a chance to pull off the upset, but but what is what needs to happen for Texas to keep this close? Well, I think the number one thing is that they have to be able to run the football. Because if you're able to, then that will do two things for you. A, it'll keep Alabama's offense off the field. And, you know, if you're Texas with that defense, you think it's it's improved, but you're not entirely sure. So you kind of, you know, being able to lean on, you know, your offense being able to stay on the field for as long as possible would certainly help those guys out and limit the, uh, the opportunities that Alabama's offense has. And it will take a ton of pressure off of Quinn Ewers if they can establish, you know, a consistent run game. Um, so I think that that's going to be something that they're going to try to do. It's just a matter of how effective are they going to be. You know, B. John Robinson and Roshan Johnson and, you know, Keelan Robinson, like they've got a great stable of running backs. Uh, they have a lot of talent, you know, in their offensive line. They've recruited the position extremely well. But, you know, they got two true freshmen. They got a true sophomore, uh, you know, all starting in their front five. And, and it's just, it's going to be difficult. You know, when you look across and you see Alabama's veteran experience defensive front, whether it be out on the edge or all the experience and talent and depth on the interior, you know, you look across and you see that, I mean, that's tough for, you know, that's a tough ask for anybody, but especially, you know, a young guy who was playing high school football, you know, what, nine, ten months ago? So I don't know how effective they'll be at running the football, but that has to be the game plan going in because what you don't want to do is, you know, you can try the whole quick passing attack, you know, get the football out of Quinn Ewer's hands. That's something that Utah State pretty much had to do last week. They thought they could win some matchups out on the perimeter, but they kind of had to abandon that pretty early because Alabama's pass rush was putting instant pressure. It didn't convert the sacks, but they were affecting the quarterback and affecting the offensive game plan to a point where it's like, hey, snap the football, make a quick read, and get the football out of your hand. And I think that, you know, if that's probably going to have to be something that a lot of offenses are going to have to do this year, including Texas this weekend. Um, if they can't establish the run game, like I said, it'll do a lot for them, and you'll be able to start getting that home crowd involved um, and start giving them a little bit of a belief. But to me, that's probably the single most important thing that Texas needs to try to do this weekend. From Obama Insider, we're talking to Clint Lamb here. He is the man uh, right here in the Jay Barker Radio Network. I'm glad you brought up Utah State. Because I've been talking about it all all week long, and I do want to talk about that uh, briefly before we get into a Texas question. Were you surprised by some of the play calling in that particular football game? I was at the game. I could not believe some of the third and ten, third eleven play calls as far as in taking timeouts and running a five foot eleven tailback into the line, uh, a fourth down play early in the ball game where the ball sails thirty yards out, out of play. What are you hearing from the? And this is a football team that won eleven games last year. What was up? Tony with the play said calling? they threw the game. Just Utah say State it. this past week. I, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just saying. I'm, I didn't say they threw the game. What I yeah, said, Clint, was if someone asked me the question, if someone asked me the question, 
Have you ever seen a game where you thought maybe someone was throwing a game? I would have said that is Utah State game, Alabama, two thousand twenty. Called out Coach Anderson by name. I'm just. It was the worst called game I've ever seen, and the fact they never <laughs> had a kickoff return. I mean, you're looking for something to spark your offense. You're putting a goose egg up for 48 minutes. Why aren't you running the ball out of the end zone one yard back? I don't get it. Well, I mean. Okay, Clint, you're on. <laughs> yeah, this is a tough question to answer because, you know, the question is is how much of it was Alabama's defense and how much did that affect, you know, the decision-making. And, and you know, I mean, was was the Utah State coaching staff simply flustered because they couldn't figure out what to do? I will say early on, you could clearly tell that, you know, Alabama's pass rush is as advertised. And people will look at that stat line and they'll see zero sacks and say, well, I mean, you know, how good is it? Will Anderson only played 20 snaps. The first, the first, the, but the first play of the game, they went for 37 yards. The, th- the first play of the game, they went for 37 yards in a pass play. And I'm like, where where's that play been? I mean, it worked. Am I missing something here? Well, it 100% did. And that is something that I'd heard that coming in, Utah State felt like they could win some matchups on the perimeter. And, you know, the the first play, you know, the, uh, from scrimmage certainly reflected that. And then you really didn't see it a whole lot more. Um, you know, and, and I, I don't know. That's that's a that's a tough question to answer. I'm not going to sit here and say Utah State was throwing the game. But, yeah, do I think that it was a poorly called uh, offensive performance by Utah State? Absolutely. I just don't know how much of that was – you know, them trying to maybe get too cute, you know, against Alabama's defense. Like, you know, in those third and long situations, it's like, do we really want to, you know, are we going to be able to drop back and throw the football or are we going to get our quarterbacks killed? Because, you know, it's just, if it's third and 10, good luck getting the football out quickly. It's a lot more mm-hmm. difficult to do. But at the same time, though, um, you know, does that mean that they went into the game pretty much ready to give up and they didn't even want to attempt to try anything? I mean, I can't really answer that. But looking back, I haven't really thought about it from that perspective, but. I mean, yeah, you're 100% right. I think that the coaching staff could have done more. But, I mean, they were rotating, you know, new quarterbacks in. They were getting guys, and that was early in the game. I mean, you know, Logan Bonner didn't play that long into it. I think he only attempted maybe nine or ten passes and maybe completed three of them. So it's like they threw in the towel very quickly. And then it was a matter of, you know, I think they were trying to get better doing some stuff, not getting anybody hurt, not getting anybody killed. It did maybe seem like they were just trying to get to the game as quickly as possible. I, I can see that. Yeah, it, it, it certainly did. All right, so let's talk about the, the big Texas game. And, again, we've been talking to uh, Clint Lamb here from uh, Bam Insider. He's the man. He's, he's got a plan. The one thing I love from, from just a, a, a peasant standpoint, I, I didn't play the X and O's, but I see all this firepower that Texas has on the offensive side of the ball. Do they have an offensive line that can protect those skilled players at running back, a wide receiver, your tight end, of course, is the MVP of the game on week one. you got uh, Ewers, of course, uh, who's got a lot of potential but hasn't started a lot of ball games. Will they be able to move the football at all in Alabama? Uh, that's really tough. And it's like I said, I mean, when you've got a youthful offensive line like they do, you never know what you're going to get out of those guys. You would think that they would be overwhelmed by Alabama, and more than likely they're going to be. But to go in and and just assume that that, that's a guarantee, um, I think that that's, you know, pretty premature. You know, Texas A&M had some young offensive linemen last year who, you know, had to go against that pass rush as well, and then they rose to the challenge, and they ended up playing pretty well. Um, so, I mean, you know, that, that's the thing that you really don't know. And, and they're obviously very talented players. There's a reason they're starting. You know, I understand that Texas has some injuries along the offensive line. Their offensive line hasn't been great. And this, you know, influx of young talent, certainly, you know, that's going to give them an opportunity to get on the field early. But I think that some of these guys, you know, Kelvin Banks, I think he's a heck of a player. 
And I think that he's going to end up being one of the premier left tackles in college football before it's all said and done. Can he be that guy this weekend when he's lining up across from Will Anderson or Dallas Turner or Chris Braswell? That's the question that I can't answer. I think, you know, if he could have faced off against these guys as a junior or something, you would have been talking about a much different, uh, you know, potential outcome. But the assumption right now uh, for a lot of people is that they're not going to be able to handle that front. And if they can't, that's going to wreck everything. You know, I've seen people say that they think Texas' defense is going to be able to slow Alabama's offense down. I do think they're improved. And I do think that if Alabama's offensive line can't hold up, uh, if they kind of revert back to what we saw a lot last year and they kind of handcuff Bill O'Brien and what he's able to do offensively, then I certainly think that Texas' defense can cause them some problems. I just, you know, going in, I don't think they've made enough improvement where you're going to say, okay, a team that's been typically averaging, you know, 40 points a game is going to all of a sudden put up 24 or 27. I just don't really see that happening. And I could be wrong. We'll have to wait and see. But, you know, going back to the other side of the football, it all starts with the guys up front. You know, you can have B. John Robinson and Xavier Worthy. And Jatavian Sanders, you know, a former five-star player, the number one athlete in the country uh, a couple of years ago, he's playing tight end for Texas. He's an incredible player. He provides that mismatch problem. He's like 6'4", like 242 pounds can really move. And I think that Alabama might have, you know, a difficult time. They've, they've had difficult times in the past covering tight ends. Uh, and, you know, um, you know, running backs at times as well throughout the last few years, especially. So I, I, the, the, the recipe as far as the skill position players is all there for Texas to give them trouble. But the youth at the quarterback position, and you could, I guess, make the same argument for him as you can those young offensive linemen, you think a freshman quarterback would be overwhelmed by Alabama. Maybe he rises to the occasion. He's got ice in his veins, and he plays like a three-year veteran. You know, Zach Calzada, very, you know, naturally talented player, got great arm strength, does all these things extremely well. But he's just, you know, consistency has always been a huge problem for him. Against Alabama last year, he rose to the occasion. It's the best I've ever seen him play, and it's the best he's played since. Um, I mean, so, you know, if they can get that kind of performance out of Quinn Ewers, his natural talent is going to shine through and, really cause Alabama some issues. I think that you kind of have to have dynamic play at the quarterback position at least more times than not against a, a defense like Alabama's to be able to have success. It's just, you know, Quinn Ewers in year three might have been able to do that going into year one, only a second career start. I just – I don't know what you're going to get out of him, but I think the assumption, as unfortunate as it is, you just have to assume that he's not ready. Clint Lamb joining us from Bam Insider on 3 Media and uh, talking about Crimson Tide and Texas coming up tomorrow, 11 a.m. on Fox. Um, and Clint, looking at uh, Alabama last year, and you brought up one of the games, but on the road against Florida, they had some struggles. At Texas A&M, they definitely had some struggles and against Auburn. And at A&M especially, they began. They, they saw the tendency Alabama sled their, their offensive line to the back. And everybody kind of started talking about that, saying, okay, this is something they've got to change up. Alabama's done that. But I'm still, if I'm Texas, I take the take that uh, that, that map and say, look, okay, I, I'm I'm coming. I'm the, the kitchen sink is coming at this offense. I'm going to bring it on passing downs. I'm going to I'm going to blitz. I'm going to go cover zero at times. I'm not going to show it because they have a lot of calls up front to where they can make adjustments. But I'm going to disguise as well as I can. Put as much pressure on Bryce to make him get the ball out early, especially with the new new wide receivers all the way across the board. They hadn't had a lot of work with. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah, I think that. You know, Bryce Young has typically thrived under pressure, uh, but at the same time, that's the best way that you can affect him. I mean, what are you going to do otherwise? You're going to not try to pressure him? I mean, you know, it's just it's kind of one of those things where it really doesn't matter what you do. It seems like he's going to be able to get his 
at least at some point in the football game. But, you know, a lot of people are bringing up A&M. If I'm Texas and I'm that coaching staff, I'm looking at the Auburn game. You know, and I understand that that's got the rivalry aspect of things to it, and that can create some extra motivation. But this is, you know, very similar. This was a road game that nobody was giving an Auburn a chance last year at all. They thought they were, you know, a far inferior team. You know, T.J. Finley was their quarterback, and even if he has improved over the offseason last year at the point that Alabama played him, he was not a very good quarterback. And then also he gets hurt early in that football game, so he's, he's hobbled the entire game. The offense doesn't have a whole lot of success for uh, for Auburn, but at the same time, the defense came to play. They took advantage of Alabama's offensive line. They made life on Bryce Young extremely difficult. And for what? I mean, almost, you know, I mean, 56 minutes of that football game, uh, the, the, this Alabama offense that was seemingly, you know, unstoppable, even with poor offensive line play, like it had been all throughout the year. It, it hadn't had any success pretty much. And so, you know, if I'm looking at Texas, I'm saying, hey, we might not be there quite yet as far as our talent's concerned, but you look at a game like the Iron Bowl last year, that's a team that it, they still don't have the same talent level. They certainly didn't last year, and yet they were able to cause them a ton of problems, force a game-time touchdown drive at the end of regulation and four overtimes to be able to get a victory. If they can do it, we can do it. So the, my big difference for Alabama this year compared to last year, we'll have to wait and see because this is the first you know real opportunity we're going to see to, or get to uh, to see if we're correct on this. Is I think the leadership is better and I think the focus is better and I think that's going to lead to improved play on the road uh, in these types of environments. You know, Florida last year you talked about it, A and M certainly, Auburn. It just felt like when Alabama played away from Bryant-Denny Stadium, and even that Bryant-Denny Stadium, you know, Arkansas, LSU, really it was a problem regardless. But at the same time, those are the games, the road games, the ones that really stand out. Uh, that's something that I think that Alabama really put an emphasis on in the offseason, not just from a leadership approach, but you know, doing the doing the right things and approaching things the right way when you know you're going into a tough road environment. So I would assume that that's going to improve, but I guess we'll uh, we'll find out tomorrow. I agree with you on the leadership part, no doubt about it. Clint, as always, great stuff. Thank you for joining us. Absolutely, guys. I appreciate you having me on. All right, man. Thank you. Clint Lamb, again, Bama Insider on 3 Media and does a great job covering the Crimson Tide. I will be back. Uh, we got Robbie Glenn in studio. We'll uh, talk a little striker strong and the tournament coming up in two weeks. Hard to believe it's only two weeks away. Stay with us. We're live from AVX. More breakdowns, some of the big matchups nationally as well coming up. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. One in seven men will face prostate cancer. Nearly 500 new cases are diagnosed every day in the U.S. Traditional treatments can cause erectile dysfunction and urinary incontinence. But now there's a new option, high-intensity focused ultrasound, or HIFU. Men who are really looking for an option that really preserves their urinary and sexual function are great candidates for HIFU treatment. Preserve your quality of life. Call 866-4-VITURO or visit VITUROHealth.com. Hi, it's Jay Barker for AVX, Audio Video Excellence. They are the premier provider for custom audiovisual design and installation in the Southeast. AVX seeks excellence in everything it does, including a superior employee experience. AVX offers employees an industry-leading salary, insurance benefits, and 401k options. AVX technicians also receive the highest level of certification and continue training, making it one of the most awarded and decorated companies in the industry. Career opportunities are available now for technicians in Birmingham and Santa Rosa Beach, Florida. Join the AVX team by contacting them at avxinc.com. 
Jerry Burley here for Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. As a 10-year National Football League veteran, you can imagine my surprise being diagnosed with cancer and starting chemotherapy treatment back in 2014. I suffered from a lot of pain and offered up prayer during those days as I made it into remission. But I developed neuropathy. Anyone that suffers from this condition knows the pain is excruciating, nerve numbness and tingling along the tissue that won't heal. I tried everything for relief, folks, until my wife suggested I call Dr. Williford of Williford Chiropractic and wellness. I called at 205-909-7373 and scheduled an appointment. After three treatments, I began experiencing relief that I haven't had in years. If you're suffering from neuropathy, I suggest you reach out to Dr. Williford and his great staff at WillifordChiropracticAndWellness.com. Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. Give them a call at 205-909-7373. Balance your brain. Balance your life. Hi, it's Jay Barker. I want to tell you about my good friends Craig and Keith at Birmingham Broker. Go online at bhambroker.com. That's bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Got seven kids, man, and we had to sell a lot of cars. And these guys are looking for a lot of inventory. They helped us with all the hassle. No stress for us. They did the process as far as the sales and everything. Handled it all the way through. White glove type service. You'll love it. Again, it's bhambroker.com. Sell your car through bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Hi, it's Jay Barker for Siebel's in downtown Homewood, and now's the time to get your special place ready. Come in and let Siebel's design your porch with Kingsley Bait Outdoor Furniture and one of their custom swinging beds. For the great room, you're going to need their Carson Swivel Recliner. Siebel's is the number one Carson Recliner dealer in the country, and Sarah and I, we've got one, and we absolutely love it. Be sure also to check out their famous custom-made beds and bunk beds built by Siebel's and made up with some of their best linens in town. Their staff can truly put your bed together like no other store. You can also follow Siebel's and shop on Instagram and Facebook. And be sure to call or go by their special store in downtown Homewood. The number is 800-448-1962. That's 800-448-1962. And just for listening, go to Siebel'sCottage.com and order anything you want and type in Jay Barker for a special discount code. That's Jay Barker for a special discount code available only to our listeners for a limited time on The Jay Barker Show. Siebel's in downtown Homewood or online at Siebel'sCottage.com. It's Antonio Langham here to tell you about the easiest way to buy your tickets to your next high school game. Have you ever had to wait in line to buy a high school ticket or stop to get cash on the way to the game? There has to be a better way. There it is. It's called GoFan. Check out GoFan.co the next time you need a ticket for your high school game. GoFan is easy, fast, and completely secure. You can buy tickets directly from your phone and just show the ticket at the gate. Download the GoFan app or visit GoFan.co now. That's GoFan.C. Letter O.
competition in the golf tournament he uh, presents uh, every year annually and uh, at Highland Course and uh, really great golf course. A lot of fun, two uh, sets of uh, uh, tee-off times as far as shotgun starts and um, morning session and the evenings or afternoon session as well. And a lot of great prizes, gifts, and uh, just a ton of fun. But let's welcome in Robbie Glenn, joining us, former baseball player for the Crimson Tide and uh, also a great friend of the show. But, Robbie, first of all, I know you got to be hyped up and excited uh, to be ready. What, two weeks away? Hard to believe it's here. I can't believe it. I mean, it's two weeks. Like, I've been working on this since the last one of, uh, you know, the third annual. And, you know, I'm thinking i got plenty of time. And then I look up, it's here. And it's go time. So... So tell us about uh, the tournament and uh, who all is going to be there. Are there still spots left? And if there are, how can they? How can people sign up for it? No, uh, there's really no spots. I, I don't like to turn anyone down because it is completely packed. Uh, we're going to have 36 teams going off in the morning and right now about 38 teams in the afternoon, which is too too many. But, uh, you know, people always show up sometimes late, don't come, or – have to leave um y'all are going to play in the morning and then of course the show starts so you know you'll only get maybe what 12 holes so that'll free up a little speed and, if large uh, there's play a lot faster. of people playing <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> if, uh, I, if i can get that morning group to i mean they have got to be hitting their ball at eight o'clock like i can't have them going out at eight like they got to be hitting at eight just to get so i make sure the afternoon gets off on time and gets in before dark and tell us just what what striker strong is all about and your son Striker Strong is uh, what we came up with, our foundation, after our son, uh, Striker, uh, was diagnosed with a TBRS, Tauten brown Raman syndrome, which is a very rare syndrome. It's an overgrowth syndrome, still a lot being discovered with it. So we came up with golf tournaments to help raise money so we can fund and help uh, research. And and he was the only one in the state at the time, so we were just, you know, getting fully involved with that. And uh, Striker was developing, and and doing great. Uh, he was learning to walk. Um, it's an overgrowth, so he was his joints were uh, not developed. Um, had trouble carrying the weight when he would try to walk, uh, just being his size. So he had a walker and uh, braces on his knees, but he was learning, uh, going to therapy, uh, and then started school and was just starting to. Uh, I think we were starting to see a good turn right there when. Uh, all everything kind of went bad after that when he suffered a febrile seizure from catching the rhinovirus, which is a common cold. But he caught that, and his fever spiked, seized, but this time he fell back, and when he did, he threw up and swallowed it and aspirated. So that stopped his heart, and even me giving him mouth-to-mouth, trying to get to the hospital, um, wasn't enough. So now he's got brain damage, and that's what we've been dealing with for the last three and a half years. And uh, I've been over to your house uh, several times with my kids, and uh, they've met Stryker, and uh, my kids love wearing the Stryker Strong T-shirts and, and bracelets that you have. Um, and, and Stryker, he's just, he's always got a smile on his face. Always smiling. Uh, it's been a rough two weeks, actually, with him. He's, he's going through something different that we're not really understanding. I think it's still like a lingering effect with the COVID that he caught a month ago. Um, he's not sleeping. Heart rate's really Erratic, like really high, which is dangerous to be at that high all the time. And he he went for 26 hours without even sleeping. But yeah, but yes, uh, still smiling the whole time. Like even when he's hurting, you know, when he was in the hospital, he was smiling. Like he's just a sweet, loving kid. All right, um, you say you don't have any slots left. You'll still take donations. Still how, do, take how, how do they go to the website? Or There's a, on Facebook. If you're on Facebook, okay. Striker has his own page, Striker Strong, or you know, you can get in touch with us. Uh, 
rglenn1069 at gmail.com. Um, you can come out to the golf course in two weeks. It's Friday, September 23rd. We'll have tons of food. We have a DJ playing. Um, well, yeah, what is the food uh, scene going to look like? Well, I want to know. Some of myself. our big sponsors. Yeah. I mean, you know, Rock and Roll Rock Sushi and will sushi. be out there, of course, one of our big ones. Um, Full Moon Barbecue. Uh, Cajun Boys is going to be out there. They're one of our big sponsors. They're going to have some stuff out there. Walk-Ons is going to be out there. Um, you name it. Uh, Chick-fil-A is coming uh, out of McCullough. They're a sponsor. They're going to come out with breakfast in the morning. Oh, wow. Um, and then, of course, the, the drinks and and everything that will be there is uh, that everyone seems to like because um, that gets a little crazy about the afternoon. <laughs> so I've heard. Yes, it's a, it's a I, good I've time. actually seen the result of, of your tournament before. <laughs> it's, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of it work. Um, I'm glad everybody has a good time. It's growing. It's actually going to be a two-day event next year in 23. It's going to be wow. the Friday after the Masters um, and then again in September. So there's two different dates to get involved in this. Um, again, more work. So with y'all and everything helping me spread it, it's great. But I, I got so many ex-Bama baseball players coming in town, basketball. That was back with us. Hollywood Robinson's going to play with uh, Wimp and uh, Brian Pasnick and trying to get another player on there. Um, it's, it's pretty cool to see uh, just, you know, from where I sit, someone who, someone who did not go to Alabama, how your teammates, former teammates, and other Alabama athletes have um, really just – you know, come come to you and, and, and sort of surrounded you with love and, and support. Well, you know, I've heard Dana come on, Dana Duckworth, you know, the gymnastics yeah. coach, come on and talk about it. we were always like a family, and we were. Like everyone was together. We, we, we ate together. We hung out. We were at, you know, sidetrack together. We were at the clubs, and we were at Harry's. But everybody was a part of a, a family. Everyone went to each other's games. Everyone hung out. So someone had a party. We were all there. I don't know if they have that now. It seems like it's gotten bigger and everyone's so spread out, but everyone was close and everyone still is. So, yeah, they 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 come out, we support me, and I go to wherever they can to support them. I'm looking everybody to again. Them, yeah, I can't can't wait, can't wait. Yeah, tell everybody again how they can donate and uh, be a part of this or come out. Yeah, come out Friday, September 23rd. Isn't all day. I'll be there at 4:30 in the morning, but it'll go till seven. Uh, like I said, food stuff to do, but it's at Highland Park, Birmingham. Be a bunch of football players there, ex football, basketball. Just come out and enjoy, or you can donate at rglen1069 at gmail.com. Email me and I'll send you Venmo or anything and get in touch with me. Strike don't, strong. Don't go anywhere. Breaking news in Major League Baseball on the other side of the right. Okay. They're trying to ruin our game. <laughs> Going to be fun two weeks away. Highland Golf Course. Uh, all right, uh, Striker Strong Foundation, support that. We'll be back live from ABX. We'll wrap up hour number two, some more baseball and some of the big matchups coming up in college football. We'll be back. Our sports app gives you access to live in-play sports betting. Sportsbook at Pearl River Resort. Be more than a fan. Be a player. Must be 21. Tide 100.9. Tuscaloosa weather. Cloudy with periods of rain. Maybe a few thunderstorms across West Alabama this afternoon and tonight. The high today 79. Tonight's low 68. Tomorrow, mostly cloudy with scattered to numerous showers and thunderstorms around. The high 81. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 81 degrees in Tuscaloosa. All right, welcome back in. Let's get right to it and uh, some baseball. 
points that uh, Matt brought up in the tease going out uh, for the break. But, uh, Matt, what you got? Well, Major League Baseball has passed sweeping set of rule changes. I will paraphrase this. But, uh, pitch clock, 15 seconds. If there's no runners on, 20 if there are. They get a ball if you don't get the ball out in time. I'm, I'm good with that because these these ball players that continually get up, and it, and it goes on the, the batters too. The batters got eight I seconds. I think that's where which it's, is good it's because, aimed. Yeah, I think about the Joey Votto, some of these guys that have to keep, continually do their gloves. I'm like, Annoying. come on already. Let's get up there. Let's go. I'm with All you. right. Um, <laughs> you, you can forget about the shift. You have to stay on the dirt, and there have to be two infielders on each side of second. I don't have a problem with this just because the NBA started their illegal defense, and everyone thought, oh, that's not good. They've got to figure out a way to get more runs. You just mentioned NBA and defense in the same sense. And everyone hated it, but now everyone loves it because an illegal defense does not work (laughs) for an offense in the NBA. Um, The Major League Baseball average right now is 248. That's pathetic. It's not because we don't have great hitters out there. It's because it's impossible. Do you complain when college football takes three and a half hours? Chicks dig the long ball. It sells tickets. It sells seats. I don't want a chick that solely lives by the long ball. That's why Aaron Judge is going to Costa Rica during the time. Let's play a little small ball. Let's go National League here. Not everybody has to manage like a Well, that's the difference between small balls and big balls. A lot of balls around here. Yeah, what does Robbie think about it? Play that game. They're also you're the, you're the same guy who loves six to three college football games. You like size. six to three college football games, don't you? Because that's college football. That's defense. It, People don't like it. They want to see fifty-seven <laughs> fifty games. They want to see ninety-eight games. That's why Colorado sells out every stinking ticket because they get twelve runs a game. They love it. They're also increasing. Colorado didn't even sell out, Tony. <laughs> Look at the attendance figure. I got ahead of myself. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah come on. Well, it's because know, it, because know your stuff, because it's, big ball. because it's snowing the last 60 games of the year, Matthew. Uh, <laughs> also, they're increasing the size of the actual bags by three inches. What's three inches? Well, do you know how precise the 90 feet to first yeah, between quite, the bases three is? Actually, quite as that's going to change the game a lot more than you think. And there, and Robbie, the, you played a game a lot more in a higher level than anybody in this room, particularly Tony Curry. We don't care what you're talking about. You know what, They're by the way, what's, what's, what's the, Reds, what's the Reds record this year? I just thought I might ask you that. They're terrible. You know why? Because, because they don't because hit they the don't long ball? Clock, yes, and, they, and the shift is killing Joey Votto. It is killing. <laughs> every Joey time Votto Joey, is Joey Votto is batting a 130 right now because it's stinking shift. You I'm, should I'm have glad started the show with this. Robbie, Man, please. I, I, you, I already said what I said about it. I hate the shift. I want to okay. I want to see the shortstop making a boy. play. That's what I'm talking about. I want about. to you see go. him up there diving in the hole. Hit like the Nazi. other way. You're brilliant. Hey, th- those hitters. Hit the other way. But still, it's going to bring it back. I love seeing the plays. Dive in the hole, make a throw. Ozzy Smith. Man. You know what they should do? Is not allow pitchers to throw over 90 miles an hour. Now, that's a great rule right there because we got every guy is throwing 99 to 100 miles an hour. It's ruining the game of baseball. These guys aren't used to the, the fast you can go in a pitch cage is 95 miles an hour. It's Let's not there. If you throw anything over 90, if you throw anything over 90 miles an hour, it counts as a walk. Let's make the bases 60 feet. Move the fences into machines. about 200. Coach exactly. pitch. Yes. Then you start putting players on second base the next innings, too. Oh, there we go. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> All right, uh, thanks to everybody there. Matt Coulter, Lars Anderson, Tony Curry, Tony Thank Curry you. Radio Network is where you'll find him. And also Robbie Glenn from